what's up? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Hi! Today we're going to be talking about the body parts in Orchard Road. Oh, more body parts. <laughs> this happened in Singapore in 2005. Oh, another recent case. Yeah. So, wow. um, let me introduce to you two ladies, okay? One is Jane Parangan La Puebla. We'll oh, call her okay. Jane. And she is from Philippines. She's a Filipino who's 26 years old, married with a 9-year-old son, and she works in Singapore as a domestic helper. Ah, I see, I see. Okay. And her best friend, okay? Yeah. Gwen Garlejo Aguilar. I'm so sorry for yeah. betraying this, but... <laughs> She's 29 years old and she's married with two sons and she's also from the Philippines and she's a Filipino and she's working in Singapore as a domestic helper. Now, let's call them just Jane and Gwen, okay? Because yeah. yeah. So, Jane and Gwen, they usually hang out on, you know, their off days, the Sundays, around Orchard MRT Station with an Indian man. Ooh. Who's even this though, man? Even though they're married, right? I'm not yeah. really sure how it works, but they kind of seem to be in like a love triangle with this oh. Indian man. As in, Gwen and this Indian man kind of have a thing together, but then Jane likes this Indian man. Okay. So okay, it's like a yeah. love triangle, I guess. Okay, I see. And they're, but despite all of this, they're still best friends, like sisters, you know, they're like sisters. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when Jane had financial difficulties, right, Gwen um, approached a loan shark to borrow $2,000 for Jane. Whoa, that's some like next level sisterhood. But this is coming to bite her back in the butt because... Yeah... This loan shark charges a 20% um, interest rate, which all loan sharks, all banks also, they charge like an interest rate. But he's been harassing Gwen. Okay. For the money back. Yeah. And, you know, at first, you know, I mean, I think they give you some time to pay it back. And then when you don't, that's when they start like harassing you. Yeah. And so Gwen has been dodging this loan shark for like ever. And at one point, you know, I think they got fed up and they just like cornered her when she was going back. Um, you know, to her employer's home from like an errand run. Uh-huh. They cornered her and they said like, if you don't give me back the money, I'm literally going to like, um, come find your employers and make sure that your work pass gets revoked. Damn. Now this is is crazy because like without the work pass, she can't earn and provide money for her family back home in Philippines, right? Yeah. And, you know, she's been constantly asking Jane for the money and Jane keeps brushing her off saying that she doesn't have it, she doesn't have it. Uh-huh. Yeah, but at this point, you know, it's really to the to the max because, like, Gwen's entire life is at stake. You know, her yeah. job, her employers finding out. Yeah. And it's also affecting, like, her kids back home because they won't have money. Yeah. And getting your work pass revoked and being blacklisted, she can't find jobs anymore as easily. Yeah. Yeah, so this is really, like, her, ra- her life at stake. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Her whole family's life, in yeah. a way, yeah. So, the two of them, right, they met up on 7 September 2005 at around 12.30pm. Okay. So, Gwen brought Jane over to Gwen's employer's house where she stays and they were just at the kitchen cooking. The employers weren't at home at this time. Uh, Okay. So, I'm not sure if like she snuck in or she got permission but they Mm. were just in the house in the kitchen cooking together. Mm -hmm. And then Gwen brought this topic up about the money saying how this money um loan shark has been literally hounding her like please can you like return the money so that i can be at peace yeah you know yeah. and so jane just like st- 
started getting a bit agitated and started raising her voice Why? at Gwen saying that you know what I don't have the money I don't have any money and mm-hmm. so Gwen seeing Jane getting like upset she just calmed her down and said like okay okay like calm down mm-hmm. and then and Jane was like just still upset at this point okay yeah and so Gwen started giving her like suggestions like okay hey like I have um I know you have video cameras and digital cameras why don't we sell them off and use that money to pay the loan shark off yeah and at this point right Jane just got like triggered Okay. Why? What yeah. the hell? I mean, it's your responsibility to pay yeah. back. Literally, Gwen is like, her whole life is at risk right now. Yeah. Okay, but we have to understand, right? I feel at this point, both the ladies were not very stable because Gwen has been constantly hounded by the um, loan sharks yeah. and she's afraid for her life. Yeah. And on the other hand, Jane is also, you know, like, being hounded by Gwen for the money and she's yeah. already in financial difficulties. That's yeah. why, you know, they had to even ask for the money to begin with. So yeah. I feel like financially both of them are really strained and this topic, this conversation is just really making them very upset and unstable yeah. Yeah. both, right? Yeah. So they started to fight physically. Oh. Like they they started to wrestle, pull each other's hair, grab each other, kick Punch, slap, bite. Gwen literally bit Jane's hand. And this is important, remember this? And they literally brawled their way from the kitchen to the laundry room to Gwen's bedroom. Wow. And Jane fell on Gwen's bed. Uh And at this point, Gwen took a pillow and smothered Jane's face and just held it there until Jane was motionless. Oh wow, okay. And then she proceeded to take the pillow out, look at Jane, and then just cry. She just started bawling. Oh my god. She was like, oh my god, Jane! And she started crying. And then Jane began to move, right? Her hand started moving. And Uh Gwen saw this, used her bare hands to strangle Jane. Why? No! (laughs) What the hell? (laughs) You were just crying over your losing your friend and then you see her move and then you try and kill her like y'all could have been fine if you didn't do that you know like she proceeded to strangle Jane until again she was motionless and then continued crying what is this what in the world is this and then she knew that her employers will be getting home soon right yeah. and there was blood everywhere why oh yeah from their brawl yeah yeah and so immediately she took a suitcase from her room yeah she emptied all of the clothes they were folded neatly folded clothes right yeah. she just took them and put them in the side of her bed mm-hmm. and then she proceeded to stuff jane's body inside the suitcase uh-huh. zip it up put it in her room and go about clearing all the mess around the house okay yeah but the blood was mostly in her room though yeah yeah so she just cleaned up like slightly mm. and then she proceeded to live the next two days normally like nothing happened with Jane's body in the suitcase in her room she just did you know the house chores whatever a domestic helper does yeah. for the next two days the smell's gonna start coming in soon yep so on 9th of September 2005 um when the employers went to work, right? Yeah. Gwen went to Mustafa and in Mustafa she bought a chopper, an axe, black rubbish bags, gloves, bolsters, pillowcases and green wallpaper and a bunch of other stuff. 
And then she reached home at about 9.30am and she laid Jane's body out in her room and dismembered her into, I think, um, four parts. The head, the legs, the arms and the torso. Mm-hmm. And at this point, she also removed um, Jane's clothing. Okay. And she remo- and then the whole room got bloody, obviously, with yeah. dismembering. And so she wrapped the bodies up into a newspaper and then wrapped that up in a plastic bag uh-huh. and then shoved it all back in the suitcase again. Mm-hmm. And then she proceeded to clean the entire room. There was blood stains everywhere. Mm-hmm. On the wall, on the white wall, the blood stains were just hard to get rid of. Yeah. So that's why she bought the wallpaper to cover oh. up the stains. Wow, that's kind of smart actually. And this wallpaper matched the exterior, the outside hall, yeah, living yeah. rooms wallpaper. Oh, that's really smart. Yeah, so it's almost like when someone walks in, this it's clean. Yeah. It's almost as if nothing ever happened. And then she, after getting everything cleaned up, she took the um, head, legs and arms and put it into a travel bag. Mm-hmm. She took a taxi to Orchard Road MRT station yeah. and this is literally like a stone's throw away from where she usually hangs out with Jane. Wow. And I guess she's just scared to go to other places, man. Singapore can be a bit confusing. Yeah, and she just left the body there near the MRT station in broad daylight at a very public place. Suspicious back call 999. Yeah, where there were just many passerbys. She Uh dropped the body, she took the taxi and she went back home where, you know, she proceeded to put the torso into a duffel bag Uh and in the duffel bag, she brought it all the way to McRitchie Reservoir Mm -hmm. and left it again at a very public place near a bus stop. Wow. Just at the footpath, she just left it and she went back home. I mean, obviously people are gonna find this. Like, yeah. Yeah, okay, that's a bit and dumb. So she didn't even try to hide it. Yeah. And so when she went back home, right, she took all of Jane's bloodstained clothes, Jane, uh, the bloodstained cushion, the bed sheet, she took it all and she threw it into the condo of the rubbish chute that her employers and her live in. Yeah. And then she, the suitcase where all of the body parts and Jane were in, she just left it at the condo's lobby. Mm. And a few passerbys, they started smelling the foul smell and they reported to the maintenance man. Mm-hmm. And the maintenance guy just took it and kept it in the office in case someone was looking for it. Uh-huh. And wow. here we go to the part where it was 1.50pm, a cleaner who was working at Orchard Road MRT station spotted the bag and reported to the police yeah and the police came down opened it and saw that it was literally a freaking head yeah arms and legs they immediately informed cid uh-huh. and cid came down and got the fingerprints of the hands yeah. to identify and they were immediately able to identify that it was jane mm-hmm. and remember the bite mark yeah they got um gwen's dna of the bite oh mark my God. and they also immediately <laughs> Pinpoint it to Gwen. Uh-huh. And so where are Jane's employers in this, man? Like, they just haven't realised that their domestic helper has been missing for two days. So here's the thing. When they put Jane's fingerprints in the system, right, the system detected that there's a police report made saying that she, Jane, has been missing since 7 September. Wow. <laughs> yeah. 
And then later at 6pm, the duffel bag at McRitchie got called in as well and CID went to find that the torso of the lady was there. Now, the torso was wrapped into a newspaper uh-huh. where it's kind of like a subscription newspaper, okay? It's uh-huh. not like a, your regular Sunday Times, Straits yeah, Times. Yeah. It's like a special newspaper where it gets specially delivered to a house. Uh-huh. And so the subscribers usually, you know, um, the company will paste their name and their address on the top of the newspaper so that it gets uh-huh. delivered correctly. And so the name of Gwen's employer and the address was there. They immediately went to the house and they went to Gwen's house uh-huh. and they asked the employers, like, do you know who's Jane Parangang? And the employers were like, who? Uh-huh. No. Yeah. And then they asked Gwen, like, Gwen, do you know who this is? Uh-huh. And Gwen was like, Yes, she's my best friend. Uh-huh. And they took her in to custody and kept her in interrogation. Mm-hmm. And obviously at this point, the police already suspected that it was her because yeah, of the bite marks. Yeah. And also not to mention that her fingerprints were all over the duffel bags and the travel bags. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's a lot of evidence on its own already. Let me get started on the evidences that the police found. Upon briefly checking the house, they found the exact same plastic bags, the eggs and the chopper in the kitchen of the house. Yeah. And then in Gwen's room, they found um they found really odd that stacks of clothes were just neatly placed on the bed. And other than that, they found blood stains under the mattress and below her bed. Uh-huh. And they also found a, you know, the duffel bag found in McRitchie. Yeah. You know all when you buy new things, it comes with a tag? Yeah. They found that tag in her uh, rubbish bin. And they also wow. found shredded pieces of Jane's work permit cut in her dustbin. Wow. She cut up Jane's work permit and threw it in her... And in her rubbish chute, in the condo's rubbish chute, yeah. they found all the bloodstained clothes, bedsheet and the cushions. Yeah, and when they asked for any, you know, suspicious activities, the maintenance guy immediately showed them the suitcase left in the lobby. Uh-huh. And they also got the CCTV footage of yeah. the condo and they saw Jane and Gwen going in to the condo together. Yeah. But they never saw Jane after that. They only saw Gwen heading out to Mustafa and coming home mm-hmm. with the Mustafa bag. Wow, yeah. I feel yeah. like that's, that's like... Way more evidence than you even need. Yeah. And on top of that, they also managed to find the taxi driver who sent her. Yeah. And they got the taxi driver to identify her in a police lineup if she was yeah. the one with this duffel bag. Yeah. Yeah, because all this while they were trying to get a confession out of her, but she was not really speaking. She was very vague. Uh-huh. So that's why the police had to keep digging and digging for more evidences. Yeah. To really tie her to the crime. Mm. You know? I see, I see. Yep, and they also managed to get the CCTV footage of her buying all of those items in Mustafa. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And now comes to the part of like, why she did it, right? Yeah. It's just really, um... I feel like it's just a burst of emotion, really. Yeah, and so here's the thing, right? Trial comes, right? Yeah. And it became that she was put in a psychiatric examination. Obviously, uh-huh. all of the, um... All people convicted of murder have to go through this yeah. um, psychiatric examination, right? And it seemed that she had depression. Uh-huh. And, you know, at the, state, at the time of the killing, she might have 
had her mental responsibility impaired because it doesn't make sense for someone to just leave the body out in places without you know having like a deep motive yeah like oh i want to hide the body i want to make sure that no one knows it's me yeah it yeah. almost seems like she's just doing it because she's in a very unstable place yeah that's it's true. definitely not premeditated because it, not, there yeah. was a burst of argument and then yeah. that led to this and yeah. then the fact that she had depression and like diminished responsibility which means that her mental state is very unbalanced yeah yeah so all of that led to the murder happening yeah yeah so I mean, she literally suffocated her and when yeah. she saw that there was a chance that Jane could still be alive, she suffocated her again. But and she was crying, and she was crying at the, the whole point. time. Yeah. yeah, and so it seemed like yeah, maybe she really wasn't in a good mental state while that. I mean, it doesn't excuse you for yeah. murder, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a best friend. So yeah. Sad. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine the guilt that she's feeling, but I feel really bad for Jane. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, rest in peace, Jane. Yeah. She was already in financial difficulties. Like, yeah. they're just here to, like, survive, you know? Yeah, they're just trying to help the their family. family. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, like, I don't know. Anyway, she pleaded guilty. She got charged with 10 years of imprisonment. So, uh. this happened in 2005. So, she's probably out already. Yeah, she's out already. I hope she's doing well. I hope she's doing fine. But, I mean, yeah. obviously, she must be so guilty. Mm-hmm. I mean, kill yeah. your own best friend. Okay, so what about, like, the Indian guy? Yeah, that's <laughs> it. No, he's not in the story. He's just, like, there. He's just there, yeah. I mean, it's still no excuse for a murder, you know. Obviously, it's such obviously. a bad thing to do. Yeah. But that's crazy, don't you think? Yeah, it's just so sad. It's so I don't sudden. think she really meant to do it. But Definitely I mean, she was not. being so much of shock and guilt. Yeah. Oh, God. I don't think she's ever gonna get over that. Honestly. Yeah. That's it, you guys. Literally, don't borrow from loan sharks, okay? Yeah, don't. The moral of the story. And don't murder. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> definitely that. Do. Don't murder. Um, But that's it for today's story, guys. Thank you so, so much for listening. Um, See you guys in the next episode. Bye! Bye.